Welcome to Elemental Talks, a podcast that airs innovative voices from the worlds of marketing, design, and development. Listen to experts exploring best practices and learn how to build better websites. Vova Feldman is a well-known figure in the WordPress community, a passionate entrepreneur and a professional developer since the age of 14. He is the founder and CEO of Freemuse, a platform for digital product developers, allowing them to sell WordPress plugins, themes, and software as a service directly through the WordPress admin dashboard. In this podcast, Vova talks about the challenges WordPress developers face when they try to build a business around their product, explains how face-to-face meetings not only helped him acquire new leads, but also create better content. We also discussed how product developers can optimize their holiday campaigns and differentiate themselves from their competitors. Welcome to another episode of Elementor Talks. Matan, you know what the number one question people ask me as web creators? How can I make money from my website? Exactly. Oh, good guess. And uh, with the holiday season and Black Friday and all the, this commotion around us, uh, it's it couldn't be a, a better time to have someone who's an expert in, in payment on WordPress, Vova Feldman, the founder of Freemius. Vova, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So I want to touch on uh, different topics, but let's start uh, with your background. You actually transitioned from being a developer to a WordPress entrepreneur and influencer. How did that happen? Wow. So I would say I always uh, had that entrepreneurial bug since I started. I always played Lego when I was a kid and all. But the main transition, so I, I got involved into the startups scene very fast in Israel. I, I worked in a startup during the high school years, uh, started to do things during the military service and all. But the big transition from being, let's say, the technical entrepreneur more into the person that leads something or being the business side happened in 2012. In, a, in my previous startup, we got accepted to a, a startup accelerator in the Silicon Valley called AppWest Labs, which is pretty known here in Israel. And due to personal reasons, uh, my co-founder, who was the business side, the CEO, couldn't really come. And we found ourselves, me and our first engineer that we hired, in a Silicon Valley, you know, uh, three, four month program, and we need to decide what to do. So the obvious, you know, or the easier way was to go and continue code building the product, but that way we wouldn't really leverage anything from the uh, startup accelerator. So with the help of, you know, the mentors and all, I jumped into the water. I was afraid, very afraid, and found myself, you know, doing pitches to, to raise money, uh, talking with large companies like Netflix, Salesforce, trying them to sell, trying to sell our product. So that was kind of the transition to the business side of thing. And I survived, right? So it is possible, even though it was very challenging. I learned shit lot of stuff during the process. And the next company that I started, I basically decided to take the lead. Not that I really wanted to take the lead, but I just had the skills to actually start, you know, coding things. Uh, and the longer you wait with find, finding a co-founder, uh, the harder it is actually to find someone because people want to be there uh, from the get-go. So that's kind of my transition to the business side of things. How similar was that experience in the Silicon Valley to the famous show? The Sil- oh, the Silicon Valley, it's actually the same. I love that show. Obviously, it's exaggerated, right? Everything that you see, but I can tell you I've been in so many similar situations. All the mantras, I want to change the world with my new... uh... (laughs) 
Yeah, it, it's it's exactly like that. I mean, they did an amazing research, but it's very similar to the show. So making money. I think that when you're talking about WordPress, uh, it's sort of it it needs a cer- a certain mindset that I, I think recently plugins like Elementor kind of figured out how to uh, manage you know the idea of open source and make it happen with uh, monetization and and building a business uh, around it. So how did Freemius? Uh, uh, I, how does Freemius connect to this? So indeed in our ecosystem, when we are kind of powered by the GPL license, it, it, it seems to be more challenging to build a business around that because uh, there's always the risk that someone will come in and actually you know, use your code as a base for starting a new competing product. So you always have the challenge. But on the other hand, and this is why I think there's so many you know, uh, new products and new businesses coming into WordPress is because of the potential. So you have this huge potential, 35% of the web, I don't know what is the current number, yeah. but it's That's all the time. So it sounds pretty lucrative just to think about, okay, potentially I can target every third website online. And that's a huge market. So this is why more and more you know, companies stepping into that space with relation to Freemius, so I'll quickly explain what Freemius is so we can have, so the audience will understand what we're talking about. Uh, so Freemius is an e-commerce engine as a service for selling specifically WordPress plugins and themes. Basically, we provide all the technical infrastructure that is needed to run uh, a plugin or theme business, like accepting payments, subscriptions, affiliation, cart recovery, managing licenses, etc., etc. All all those components that you really need to run a business regardless of your product. And we tailored that our solution specifically for that niche. So we are able to provide much better user experience uh, because unlike other solutions, for example, like WooCommerce, where the solution was made mainly for selling physical goods, a lot of the user experience is just not relevant to digital products. So our focus is basically helping those plugin theme developers covering all their needs so they can run their business. And now you need to kind of remind me the, the original question. <laughs> I, I think that's that's the basic that we want to know about Freemius. But what I found interesting, because I kind of follow your story uh, throughout the years, it, it kind of matches the, the Elementor development. What I found interesting is the fact that, I mean, you did a whole lot of content marketing very very good i mean your your website is very strong but your approach of actually targeting like meeting face to face with people in word camps and having direct sales i'm sure it gives you uh leverage when it comes to uh reaching new customers reaching big customers that that are uh, using uh, freemius so i'm interested in that process specifically so f- for sure, for, for us, it was very valuable to go and, you know, actually be present on all these conferences, uh, meeting other product people. But I would say it really depends on a product type and what are you trying to sell. But the key here, and this is the main thing that I'm doing, I'm not going with the intent to, to sell in WordCamps. That was my kind of original strategy. You know, when I didn't know anyone, I went to work camps and for me, it was like, you know, pitching, I need to sell freemis. That was my goal. But I found out 
find found out that it's it's better uh, a bit more challenging sell and that's not how typically uh you know people are making decisions regarding big things that they want to commit into uh so for me the, the the key of going to conferences and physically knowing the community is because i really want to be the the number one expert in our space and the only way to do that is actually be present and know exactly what's going on with all those other people in my target audience so for me when i go to war camps i try to meet as many people from you know whether there are our customers already or you know our potential can be our customers or maybe in the future they will get into the product space but i'm trying to gather as much information as i can about their challenges about their pains uh, obviously, I'm trying to steer the conversation to things that are more relevant to our business, but also, you know, trying to collect as much uh, knowledge as I can. Because in the end of the day, right, when you have a product or a service, uh, as good as it can be, it doesn't matter. You still need to market it. And the best way to market is to know the pains of your target audience, right? Because you know exactly how to communicate with them, exactly how to position your messaging towards their feelings, use their terminology. So for me, it's it's kind of, and you know, the, there is the knowledge is a power. It is a power, right? So it's a lot of, uh, it gives you a lot of power. Uh, so for me, going to all these physical conferences, it's a lot of um, knowledge gathering that later we can implement that in our business in one way or another, whether it's by features, whether it's by introducing uh, more content on our blog, that could be relevant and this is one of the main sources by the way of the content that we have i talk with people i try to identify interesting things that they know that they're experienced because sometimes you don't even get that you don't even know that you have some unique experience and we either invite them you know uh, to to do a guest post on our blog or something like that or, or write about those techniques and i can tell you that i just returned two weeks ago from st louis which i saw you bent uh, too. And I learned like some cool idea that could be actually relevant for Black Friday, Cyber Monday and, and any other promotions. So one of the challenges is that we're running these promotions and we in some way, you know, reducing the, uh, the average sell uh, volume, right? Because we immediately discount. Uh, and there was one conversation that was talking about how to avoid that. And the idea that was kind of uh, came from all of that is instead of discounting our uh, our plans, we can just increase the number of license activations. So you instead of you know reducing, keeping the same value but reducing your uh, transaction size, uh, you add more value but you don't reduce the average transaction size. I'll just explain uh, when you give discount, people kind of wait for the discount. Um, and they get your the same uh, product for less uh, money, meaning your overall return uh, diminishes. Right. Yep. So from what you from your answer, I understand that you prefer to uh, position yourself as an authority in your field rather than just go straight to WordCamps and make those speeches. Yeah. Which leads me to the next question. Uh, you mentioned that the, you're aware with the challenges that developers are having. And can, can you list a few, one of the, you know, the typical challenges, obstacles that developers in the WordPress ecosystem are experiencing? Yep. 
So I think one of the things that it depends on what developers we're talking. There are more than just starting, you know, getting into e-commerce and those that already have experience. I would say one big pain point is uh, self-hosted solutions, right? So when you need to maintain this stuff yourself. So when you just set up, so the most popular kind of widespread solutions today for plugin and theme developers that are self-hosted are WooCommerce and EDD, okay? So it's, it's, they're good solutions, right? I'm not saying anything bad. You install them on your server and initially maybe it's enough to get started. But over time, you know, once your volumes are getting higher, once you need more features, more capabilities, you usually end up with a very heavy WordPress store installation that have many plugins. You probably customized some things because you couldn't wait for the bug fix update and you had to fix it quicker. And it's kind of a, you end up with a spaghetti store in one way or another, and you need to continue maintaining that. And initially, you know, it sounds very easy, right? I just installed something and supposedly it should run, but you have so many dependencies between all those extensions and you want to update one plugin and then you don't know how it impact the other extension and so on. So instead of focusing on your business, which is your product in the plugins and theme space, the plugin or theme, you spend a lot of efforts, you know, maintaining the e-commerce infrastructure. Uh, so that's one big pain that we're seeing all the time. And eventually, you know, people say, I give up, I'm tired of that. And even if you look on more established and largest, larger companies, including Elementor, I know it's a pain in the ass because I know you guys too and asking the same questions. So it's a pain in the ass. On the other hand, we have, uh, because relatively the whole payment space and e-commerce is still new, right? It's like two decades, maybe it's still new. It's very evolving and there's a lot of fraud in that space. So what's happening is, and you know, fraudsters are keep innovating as well, how to commit fraud all the time. So you have this battle between the payments, companies, gateways, and you have the people that are committing fraud, as well as you have entities like the European in Union that are trying to come with new uh, regulations and rules to actually help protecting consumers and their data. So the, the reasoning behind adding all those things is good. It's coming with good intentions. But the challenge here is regardless whether you are running a clean business as most of us versus you're committing fraud it still impacts everyone and everyone have to deal with that so you as a new as a new seller especially for new sellers right now just to start a business it's much more harder than what it was i don't know five years ago uh, because you have all these regulations that you need to meet and you have to meet from day one there is also the whole taxes issue, not issue, the whole taxes thing like European VAT. And now all these you know, countries are coming and they say, oh, we can take a cut from the taxes in the world. Why not? So you have uh, GST in Australia, India came up with their own taxes, Russia, I think, also coming with their own taxes. So basically it means that they're saying you want to sell anything online to people that living in my country, you need to pay us taxes. So you need to collect those taxes, you need to collect the right tax, you need to preserve some evidence regarding the geolocation of the person, uh, et cetera, and then actually open legal entities in all those different countries and submit those taxes. 
And regardless, whether you make a dollar or not, so all of that happening in the world that in theory should protect us, not in theory, in practice should protect us, but it affects a lot of the smaller players. So all this taxes stuff, it was originated because of Google and you know all the other companies that were basically starting a company in Ireland, for example, for tax benefits, etc. So they, the European Union changed that because they wanted to find all this, you know, tax structures that were avoiding a lot of payments, but it impacted everyone, everyone, because they didn't add thresholds to that. So that's just some of the challenges. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, logistical challenges, you mentioned um, fraud and security problems, you mentioned legal problems or okay. challenges, taxes and stuff. But there's another aspect that I think would help me to uh, transition to the next topic, which is marketing and how to market your product and especially in the WordPress ecosystem, which is, you know, sometimes saturated with the same, you know, uh, same plugins, basically. Same product, just different names. We see that even, you know, around the Elementor ecosystem, you can see different plugins giving the same, uh, the same functionalities. And, you know, we're just, uh, the holiday season is ahead. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, then you have Christmas and the New Year's. How can a product uh, a developer, you know, uh, stand out from such a big crowd during those times that everyone's just, you know, grabbing for attention? Yeah, it is definitely challenging. Uh, and I think the key is building a community from the first place and not waiting for the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, exactly because of those reasons. So I would start, you need to generate some traction to whether it's a promotional thing, right? Related to Black Friday or just generally for your product because you need to somehow stand out. Uh, and the key in standing out is exactly is marketing and drilling down, right? The, the way that you can do better marketing is if you know your audience better than your competitors. Um, so I would say that it's a combination of knowing your your potential buyers and users very well, the way you execute marketing, right? So if you're just, if you are not adjust, but if you're a developer and you, you know, keep postponing, you know, sending that email, letting your users know about that uh, promotion and you just send it a day before, then yeah, you're gonna miss a lot of that because people are overwhelmed with all these promotions uh, and they have many options where to buy so i would say that the earliest you start building a buzz around whatever you want to sell the better i think that uh this is very much translatable to our audience which build websites we, we talked about it a bit uh before the show meaning that when you build a relationship you're not thinking about i'm going to this event just to get leads i'm going to uh, do this promotion just to get sales right now when you come with the mindset of communicating with and building the community, this way the, the sale can happen in a year. You're working on, on long term and you can even incorporate sales that, you, that are considered and, and tested on, on the now basis. You can even use that as a way to communicate to the audience that even if they don't buy now with the, the discount that you're offering, they might buy in, in, in half a year. Yep. For us, going to all these conferences, uh, meeting other product people, I hope, by the way, that we discussed about it before we start recording, 
Uh, so I'm not repeating myself, right? No, no, repeat. It's fine. <laughs> so going to uh, all this, like one of the things that we learned is that it's kind of hard for a person to make a decision on the spot. And also people don't like being pitched with sales, right? People immediately have that reaction of, I don't want to buy. Uh, so I think that it's kind of a, a, an unexperienced approach to come and try to force people to buy something. And the better strategy is exactly as, as you explained, to start building that relationship with people, make sure that they know that you are out there and what is your offering, right? But don't try to push them to make a decision right away. They will get there once they're gonna feel the pain. So in, in your audience uh, for people that, you know, building well, building premium or building websites for others, if a person already have a website, suddenly building another website instead, it, it's pretty serious decision. Uh, there's a lot of commitment there. There's a lot of risks, etc. cetera. Uh, so if you'll just come and, you know, say, hey, you know, I, I'm going to build a new website and this is why it's better, X, Y, Z. You have three hours to decide or something like that. Yes, exactly. Uh, you can add some FOMO to that, right? Uh, but yeah, people probably won't make such a decision on the opposite, they will feel, you know, being pushed uh, and they'll have a negative experience with you. That's how they will remember you. The way I see that is, and this is something that I learned a lot in all the accelerators in the US, uh, give first, try to help people, right? Try to talk to them about their problems, to understand what are their challenges that are relevant to whatever you are doing. Once you do that, and you can even, you know, say something intelligent that can help them overcome some challenge, they will respect you, right? And next time when they will actually come to that point to deciding, okay, I probably need to have a new website from whatever reason it is, they will hopefully remember that positive interaction that they had with you. And, oh, I talked with this guy, he was pretty intelligent, sounds like he knows what he is doing. So maybe I should talk to him instead of, you know, finding someone random. So it's, it's good to, to have that as well as also connecting that back to the digital world, maybe with some retargeting. There are different techniques how you can do that. If you exchange emails, right, in a conference, and even if you didn't push anything that related to sales, you can still put them into a Facebook ads campaign just to get into their awareness well, well before they're getting to that point of decision. Uh, so there are many techniques how you can apply that. Going back to the holiday season, we see different, you know, some trends that you, you, you cannot ignore. Obviously, during this the, the week before, the two weeks, even three weeks before, you would probably get more than one email from a product, a specific, a certain product. And it goes, obviously, you know, you have a countdown timer. The, this FOMO thing is accompanying you everywhere you basically go on your, on your laptop or whatever, because you would find that as an email, you would find it as a, you know, a pop-up, you find this as a countdown. Do you think those trends, these promotion trends are actually helpful or are they like aligned with what you said earlier that it's too stressing? This is not something that you would... Uh, practice yourself? I think that it, it depends on the product, but I think that what you uh, mentioned, those are the more sophisticated and advanced companies actually in our space. Because from what I see, most product people, uh, you know, all those indie developers, they don't do that. They don't have the time. It's like 
they're usually busy with their day-to-day job and it's really hard to come and you know pause whatever you're doing and work on something that you're not really passionate about that especially if you're a developer because we developers we don't like promotional stuff more than others right so we also feel that I don't want to spam others, even though it's not spam, that's the way to communicate that you have a promotion, make sure that you know people are actually aware about that. And if you're emailing to your free users, in case of a freemium product, that's a good idea because they're using your product, so they may be interested you know, to get the, the paid offering. What I do think is, uh, I would say that as a tip, so the, the kind of, all the things that you mentioned, they became the standard right now for everyone that allocate resources into those promotions. But I think just adding the time urgency uh, is not good enough because you want to push the person to make the sale right now, once they get it. And I think that I do see more people that are starting to acknowledge that, but actually adding some quotas, some limits to your promotion, not just saying, you know, 50% for the next week, but saying, 50% for the first 200 people for the next week or something like that. So it actually adds a, that, you know, oh, I actually need to go and do it right now. Because if I wait for that for the last second, so I think that's a, a, a thing that is not really well utilized in our ecosystem yet. You see that a lot in the, you know, like travel world when you, like if you go to booking and try to order something, left. ten rooms, left. right? <laughs> uh, you have so many notifications that you know how many people watching that listing right now, how many rooms left, how many. It's like, oh, okay, I'm buying, I'm buying. Leave me alone, right? So that's kind of the fear that I think is still missing in our ecosystem. But there are techniques to try to generate that. Is there a, an example that you can share a story of one of the people that got on board Freemius? that you were like, wow, this, this uh, is making a difference in, in that uh, plugins, uh, you know, business uh, uh, prospects. Yeah, I would say that I'm actually pretty excited about that. Many of the people that moved to Freemius, it's like making a big impact for them in terms of financial stuff. I can't really share the numbers, but I can say that on average, people that moved from EDD and WooCommerce to Freemius, within 12 months, increasing the revenues by 97%. So that's on average. Uh, so there is a lot of those stories out there. We have some public testimonials of people that, you know, just by switching to our checkout, their conversion rate jumped by 12%. Uh, not additional 12%, okay, by 12% from whatever they had before. And I also want to ask you, because you were the, the, the person who published the biggest kind of roundup, I, of, I, I don't know if you call it the word industry uh, or Envato, you, you made a lot of noise with that, uh, with that piece. So I'm interested to, to hear, I think a year or two years after you published, what do you think about the WordPress industry and um, you know, how and the direction it's going? So I know my industry, my niche better than the general WordPress industry because there are many topics that we can talk about from the high level, you know, it's clear Gutenberg, Gutenberg, and you know, being user friendly for uh, for the rest, seventy or sixty-five percent of the audience. In my perspective, I think the the marketplaces. So the the uh, the post that you're talking about is a research that I've done about Code Canyon and ThemeForest. They basically have a public API. So I pulled the data and tried to come up with interesting insights. 
I think that the marketplaces are still not solving or addressing the needs of plugin theme developers as they kind of got stuck uh, in 2010, right? In that offering that you're getting lifetime thing. Uh, yes, they added some limit to support, but it's like lifetime updates. Uh, there's no subscriptions. The average sell price is very low. Uh, the fees that they're taking are very high. So I, I would say that they're pretty much stuck and nothing changed in that ecosystem. I do see that uh, more people getting uh, into selling, you know, they understand that you can sell from your own store and it's easier today with different tools like Freemius. I see a lot of Code Canyon people moving to from premium only uh, model to freemium model and starting to leverage the WordPress.org repository because they understand they're not getting enough traffic uh, from Code Canyon because of the way it's structured that incentivizes the top sellers getting most of the traffic. So they're trying to find other distribution channels and WordPress.org is so far, it's kind of easy to get that channel. Uh, so that's kind of the transition, more people moving into freemium. That's great, great news uh, for you and uh, yeah, for us. So uh, before uh, closing this episode, we would like to know, like with every uh, uh, guest we have, what are your, uh, who are your um, influences? What are your influences? Who do you follow maybe on the net? Who read a nice book recently? Yeah, so um, I would, I don't have time to read books, unfortunately, <laughs> but I do like watching Netflix. Uh, so I would say actually two very like, I like to uh, watch things that I'm learning from them stuff. Uh, so there is a great show called Explained on Netflix, uh -huh. really amazing. And now they have a mini series about, about the brain, talks about uh, memories, etc. amazing. Another great channel that I would recommend to many entrepreneurs that want to kind of, you know, step up their game is a show called London Real. It's an online, like it's a website. It's a guy that uh, he's originally from the US. He lives in London right now. And he interviews many interesting people from around the world from different spaces. It can be business, it can be sports, it can be people that are phenomenal in something. And it's like one hour to two hours interview and you can learn so many things there. The last uh, interview that I watched was with uh, Nirayal uh, that talks about habits and distraction. He was a guest Habit here. forming, yes, he was here. Yeah, <laughs> so amazing. It's like two hours of insights, right? So I try to watch things like that, not a lot of time to read books. And so that's kind of the, uh, my educational as well as focusing on our community, right? I'm trying to learn from our, our target audience as much as I can to be really be the authority in our space and know what's going on um, inside out. And how can people uh, follow you, uh, subscribe to your uh, content? Yeah, uh, so you can follow me on Twitter. It's Vova Feldman. Our blog is freemuse. You can do .blog or .com slash blog. Uh, and you can just subscribe there. Our focus is writing everything about the business side of the plugins and themes economy. We're not ashamed to write about money. And I think we're kind of the first ones that started to talk about that. And this is how we became, you know, uh, famous in that space. Vova, it's, it's been fun talking to you and uh, really insightful. And I hope you can present a great competition, not only to WooCommerce 
and EDD, but also to Shopify and kind of uh, change this uh, whole uh, trend towards uh, bring more, more people who want to make money to, to WordPress. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Have a great man. day.